0: I think what's great is that this whole suite of financial services that is offered today is is starting to embed environmental and social considerations into the technology, into the data, into the natural process of decision making, and then in turn its saleability.
1: Welcome to the Next Gen Banker podcast, where we explore what's next in banking and talk with the innovators responsible for creating positive change in the financial sector. I'm your host, David Reiling, and I'm very excited uh, to welcome Aaron McCreary today. Uh, Aaron, thanks for being on the Next Gen Banker podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, David.
1: So Aaron, before we get started, just a quick reminder to our audience that we have a musical feature at the end of each episode. Uh, The Next Gen Banker uh, showcases a new artist from somewhere around the world, so check it out at the end of our session today. And now just a little background in regards to Aaron. And... Uh, Aaron, you're the Director of Business Development at Dichotomy's North American Division, which is an impact service providing, uh, well, providing data services to educate, engage, and reduce environmental impact. Um, you're also a climate a fintech advisor for F10, an incubator and accelerator that is essentially a global innovation ecosystem, and you are the lead author uh, for the Climate Fintech Report um, talking about the role of fintechs and climate change and something I'd love to dive into a little deeper. And uh, for our audience, kind of the late breaking news is you have a new uh, new gig, a new job. And so uh, we'll give the audience a tease on that one, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But Aaron, I'd love to kind of tease out a little bit because you're at the intersection of, of climate and financial product innovation. So you're kind of in, you're deep in the fintech uh, climate world. And if I understand your background, you did some crowdfunding, you did some asset management. What uh, got you to where you are today, and and where's that passion from?
0: Thanks, David. Yeah, it's a it's a good question, and it definitely hasn't been sort of the traditional pathway. Especially, so many folks that work in finance and they do you know four years there and then six years there. I've definitely hopped around, and I am grateful to you know have. Uh, a number of different diverse experiences in in sort of my uh, professional career. Um, I guess first and foremost, I'll I'll give a shout out to Berkeley, California, where I grew up. Um, It's a quirky, progressive town and uh, folks who grew up here have a tendency to um, be educated around climate and our environment, the importance of preserving it. Um, And so I, you know, came up in that, in in that environment. And I also give a shout out to my, to my parents who are both environmentalists in their, in their own ways. Um, and so those were sort of the seeds that, that, you know, uh, grew into a plant and, um, my careers is sort of evolved from there. I, um, started working in crowdfunding, um, sort of early 2013 when the jobs act was passed, allowing for that type of syndication, um, where you know small tidbits of money uh, were uh, put together to uh, finance a larger project, and um, that that opportunity was with Realty Mogul, which is a platform that's still around today. Um, so I give them a lot of credit for sort of teaching me about debt and equity structures. Um, but I was always sort of frustrated that the projects that we were putting together didn't have a whole lot of environmental or social considerations. Um, and, and I think that sort of um, motivated me further to explore how impact and finance go together.
1: Um,
0: I also maybe feel like it's worth mentioning just sort of a personal note is that at that same time, I was in a really bad car accident. and almost died, um, had you know, 20 surgeries, four months in the hospital kind of thing. And when you come out of something like that, it, it really makes you reevaluate sort of your values and your direction and what you want to do in life. And so I think sort of all of those things combined got me excited to pursuing this work.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And I'm sorry to hear about the accident, but sometimes those events in life you wonder why they happen to you, but in some ways they happen for you in terms of the the clarity of, of purpose in your life. And so, um, well, one of the things that uh, I know you from is the Climate FinTech Report. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, New Energy Nexus was somewhat of the – uh, holder of that in terms of the producing that report. And maybe you could just tell us a little bit about New Energy Nexus and what it does, and then a little bit about the, the climate report, um, just to start with, and then we'll d- dive in maybe just a little deeper.
0: Sure. So, New Energy Nexus actually formerly was known as the California Clean Energy Fund, and they've evolved to become sort of a global accelerator, incubator, network and funder for clean energy entrepreneurs. They do great work all around the world. Um, they run thematic programs. So Electric Vehicle Battery Challenge, uh, Lithium Valley in, in California. They run uh, co-run Third Derivative with the Rocky Mountain Institute. Um, just a, a lot of great programs. And sort of under their umbrella, I was empowered um, by the Hewlett Foundation. And huge shout out to Marilyn Waite um, in her support of sort of the the early stages of this climate fintech work. Um, but it really began as a, as a research effort during COVID. You know, it was everyone was hunkered down and, and I was sort of researching and writing and doing interviews. Um, and what came out of it was the climate fintech report. And you know, it's funny, I, I didn't really think anyone was going to read it, but um, it was published a couple weeks after Biden was elected and there was sort of this newfound energy domestically here in the U.S. at least around decarbonization. Um, and a lot of people started to read the report. And I think, you know, it, it served as a, as a useful tool to just sort of lay out in very simple terms what the landscape looks like, what is climate fintech. I think that's a, a maybe a, a good question to ask myself here, and I tell people that it's digital financial technology that enables decarbonization. Um, so very sort of general can cast a wide net there, um, but you know it includes things like crowdfunding projects um, that have um, climate tech elements to them. It can include geospatial risk mitigation. It can involve ESG data analysis using artificial intelligence. It can be carbon calculators. It could be carbon offsetting platforms. So there's a whole sort of host of technologies that fall under the umbrella. And these technologies are becoming more and more prevalent today. And so I thought, you know, I think we all thought as an organization That it would be helped to organize people's minds around this very quickly evolving space.
1: Yeah, very cool. And thank you for that answer. And maybe we went through a lot of buzzwords and acronyms there, but let's try to boil it down a little bit. Um, Well, let me dive into the report here, real quick. So, the report, I I believe it had eight verticals to it. Maybe you can just kind of touch on the framework of that. And then I believe one of those frameworks uh, or one of those uh, verticals was around uh, retail consumer payments or something like that. Um, so just give us an idea of the the sketch. What was the main thrust of the report and kind of its framework, and then maybe an example?
0: Sure. So we're going back in time now because um, there's been a lot of iterations and evolutions to the structure, um, but that... Uh, Nexus report had categories like investing, lending, banking, insurance. So, terms that are sort of climate agnostic, but then once you apply sort of a climate lens to them, you're able to see more specifically what the solutions are. And so, I think that structure um, really helped people who worked in the wider financial services industry who didn't. Realized that some of these things were happening and available, um, and uh, sort of just laid it out in, in general terms. You know, as as is common with with um, quickly growing or changes changing spaces, there's now a lot more taxonomy around green fintech. Um, the the Green Digital Finance Alliance is an organization which is supported by the United Nations. And they put out their own green fintech taxonomy this year. So I've sort of tried to adhere to their sort of more peer-reviewed work and structure um, as I think about this space today. But um, I think there's lots of ways to think about it, and there is no right answer. So, um, you know, whatever helps people as they um, organize these uh, technologies in their mind.
1: Yeah, very cool. And so, what I start to think of, and when I read the report and and think of uh, it from a, a practitioner standpoint, if I was to take my role, let's say, as a as a banker or a lender, um, if one of these innovations allows me to plug in, let's say, I'm going to finance a commercial real estate project, uh, and I can plug in all the various elements of it: its size, its location, etc. It's it's. Uh, HVAC, and come out with what is its carbon emission, and I have targets from my company or whatever that I meet certain thresholds, it really gives me then the power along with the client to say, um, we need to do something else, or your project really is uh, an example of what we should be doing in, in commercial real estate in terms of uh, carbon or decarbonization. And so it it gives me those tools. So those types of calculators and innovations, I think, are those practical things that I start to think of as a banker. Now, one of the things that I would hope as a consumer (laughs) and one uh, who loves climate fintech would be is when I'm walking through a store, I can either scan a QR code or my phone automatically reads a uh, RFID code and says, you know, this product versus this one, this is its carbon footprint, and then I have the power to choose. Are those types of things kind of reality and uh, practicality as as to what what some of these innovations might be?
0: Well, I'm excited to say that it's it's becoming more and more of a reality every day, right? You think about your nutritional facts and labels on food; it's a near-term future where you're going to get carbon labeling on those products as well. Um, but I appreciate your question, too, because it gives me a chance to to speak a little bit about Duconomy, where I currently work, and the work that we're doing around um, showing transaction-level carbon dioxide and water accounting data. And that's really important sort of to as a first step to measure, because when you measure, you can then educate people on those those measurements. And when you educate people on those measurements, once they start to understand what they mean at a very base level, the natural next step is that they're motivated to take action in some form, whether that's through reducing, changing their lifestyle, or by contributing to offsetting projects um, or shopping, within a sustainable brand environment. So Duconomy now today actually has over 160 uh, million active users, Um, more than 35 banks around the world use this technology. um, And I'm really excited to sort of help grow this type of of, uh, solution here in the United States because it's such a large market and we tend to be a little bit behind places like Europe around our um, consumer engagement with sustainability. So really exciting sort of next 12 to 24 months to see um, where these trends take us.
1: Yeah, very cool. And I guess with that, um, so uh, let's let the teaser come out now. The, the new job, the new role, is it Duconomy or is it something else?
0: No, it is Duconomy. So it is Duconomy, started okay. Yeah, yeah. I started at Dukonomy uh, six, eight weeks ago. Um, cool. So I'm still sort of familiarizing myself with the technology um, and and the depth of it, and all the sort of things that it can do. But it's great to see such uptake from some of the largest banking institutions in the world. Um, you know, we're working with Standard Chartered and BNP Paribas. We're also working with fintechs who. Didn't normally have or start out with a climate element to their core business model, such as Klarna. Um, we're now helping you know anyone who uses Klarna to see what the footprint is of their consumption activity, their shopping activity, um, and that's a really powerful tool. And now, I can't say names, but you know we're we're speaking with the the largest banking institutions in the United States and. You know, with tens of millions of people sort of in question here, if you're able to flip on the switch and start to show them their carbon footprint, show them their fresh water footprint um, and then motivate a certain percentage of them to action, it has an enormous um, impact on 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 emissions globally.
1: Very cool. Um, it's so motivating and inspirating to hear that there's momentum and that uh, the largest of the banks in my world particularly are are, are engaging. Um, it just seems like it's taken forever in, in my mind. Um, but once those initiatives get started and funded and they become a part of that culture, if you will, it really starts to grow and, and they move markets and industries, quite frankly, which is very cool. Um, I was going to ask you about the water metric. Uh, that one, to me, freshwater metric. Can you just tell me a little bit about that? Because that's a new one, and obviously we're looking at uh, weather events on a regular basis. Unfortunately, of flooding as well as drought. Um, can you give me a little background on the on the freshwater metric?
0: Yeah, I think you know we're so used to seeing carbon uh, calculations as like a norm, and and so we have sort of strived to enhance our our offering um, and synthesize data from sP who is our data provider um, and we're able to distill much like you would distill emissions factors a freshwater expenditure equivalent um, for every transaction um, and those are those are tied back to merchant category codes, I wish that I had a, a, a more technical explanation for you, but I think in three or four weeks I will. So I'll share those resources for you. But as we all know, and as we see the droughts and the floods um, around the world, water is an extremely important thing to consider in our daily consumption habits. And so we we believe that Duconomy economy that not only can we empower changes that reduce our uh, greenhouse gas emissions, but also to conserve this very valuable fresh water.
1: Fantastic. I love it. So Aaron, with the work that you're doing out there, what are some climate fintechs that you're working with? What are some examples?
0: Oh man, there's, there's too many to name. It's actually amazing how many have popped up over the last couple of years. We had a count earlier this year around 400, and then I saw a, another count come out Um, last month, that was over 600. And and frankly, there's probably a 1,000 out there today. Um, But just to maybe name a few that come to top of mind, um, one is Banyan Infrastructure. Uh, They're a project finance platform that um, simplifies, optimizes the financing of sustainable infrastructure projects and sort of does workflows and life cycles. Um, Raise Green is a uh, clean tech crowdfunding platform out there. So sort of democratizing access to uh, clean tech investments, uh, crowdfunding and and building a community around those investments. Um, Another is uh, Enduring Planet, really cool solution out there they do uh, revenue-based, non-dilutive financing for uh, climate techs out there that you know are looking for an alternative to uh, venture funding. Carbon Collective, uh, they offer sort of an alternative to your 401k um, indices where they've built very climate aligned portfolios that you can shift your retirement money into and feel a lot better about uh, what you've invested in. Um, Atmos Financial, they have a high yielding um, savings account and the deposits only go to financing renewable energy. So just just a short list. There's a lot of them out there. Uh, A lot of people doing really great work. And um, you know, seeing a lot of these scale, um, so it's, it's really exciting to see.
1: Well, it's great to hear that, A, there are so many and expanding, and that they're covering that wide range of the financial ecosystem, um, from actual product to the financing and the infrastructure components. So that is, that is really exciting, and I think, quite frankly, healthy when it comes to making progress towards a decarbonized world for the future.
0: Absolutely,
1: so Aaron, I, I the last question that I have for you is the next gen banker question. So if from your seat of the world in Berkeley, California, um, and you have to think about what's the next generation of banker going to look like in which to help us in terms of climate?
0: So I think what's great is that this whole suite of financial services that uh, is offered today is is starting to embed environmental and social considerations into the technology, into the data, into the natural process of decision making, and then in turn, it's saleability. And so for sort of the next generation banker, I really see them being aware of these elements in every financial product that they market and that they distribute. Um, And that sort of base level awareness that it's not just about your financial return or your spread or your, um, you know your your derivative potency. It's also about how this is going to impact societies, communities that are near to you and far from you. Um, and I think that bankers who are aware of these elements and can speak eloquently about them are going to be far more successful in their jobs. And I think that. Their customers are going to be more um, satisfied and engaged. And so it really behooves uh, bankers to start looking for these type of these types of more holistic solutions, more holistic financial products, um, because that's where the future is going, whether they like it or not. And um, they should, they should be proponents of of this um, of this future that we're all working towards.
1: Well, Aaron, that is fantastic. That is a, a great answer and a great description of, of what the future banker should look like. Um, it's so interesting to me as I reflect on what you were saying. Um, you know, when I was a, a trainee, we're taught cash flows and that's about it. Now you really, the math has expanded to both the carbon side or the environmental side as well as the social impact. And so you really introduce two new forms of sets of metrics along with a sustainable project from a financial standpoint to really get that holistic uh lens and I think you're absolutely right that is um the next generation banker in terms of uh that holistic view on things and, and taking into account, absolute costs or total costs. Well, Aaron, it is fantastic to talk with you. Thank you so much for your time and the important work that you're doing around climate um, and changing the world's uh, financial system for the better. Uh, It is greatly appreciated. And to our audience, thanks for listening to the Next Gen Banker podcast. We'll see you soon.
0: Thanks so much, David. For this episode's musical feature, we're showcasing PRISM, PRISM is a Fort Worth-based synth-pop duo comprised of Chris Love and Danny James. The project is a love letter to the sounds of past decades, blending nostalgic influences with the modern era through colorful synth melodies and memorable vocal hooks for a sound that captures the best of the past and the present. Here is Love Struck by PRISM. Driving through the night. Your number on speed dial Put your heart on the line Drifting down the road Where did you come from? Never let go You're straight up in control Call you a hundred times Cause I really hate it when you say goodbye Hello, hello Can I call you mine? Take the wheel key. Never look back, nothing there to see. It's straight up you and me. You got me Love Struck by Prism. Find more Prism's music on Spotify. If you would like your music featured on the Next Gen Banker podcast, just email david at nextgen-banker.com with a link to your music and website. Thanks for listening to the Next Gen Banker podcast. We'll see you next time.